Hello and welcome to season two of Wild Women, the Wild Swimming podcast. I'm Laura MacDonald. I can't say the break was actually intentional, but you know, life gets in the way sometimes. However, I am excited and a little bit nervous to be back at the microphone after such a long break. But I've got some great chats lined up for all of your listening ears. Before I introduce today's lovely Wild Wimmer, I need to do a quick bit of housekeeping. You can follow Wild Women Pod on Facebook and Instagram. You will get to see all of our lovely guests so that you can put a face to the voice. And I also share my own swimming adventures, as limited as they are these days. The socials are the best way to get in touch about the podcast, but you can also leave a review. I read them all because I am needy for feedback and approval. Extra gratitude can be earned if you subscribe and share the show with your swimming buddies. Every new pair of ears makes it a little bit more likely that I'll be able to continue making the podcast and meeting lovely swimmers. Now here in the Wild Women wardrobe, I don't make any money from the show. I don't advertise and I don't get any freebies, but I do have to pay for hosting and podcast equipment. It's an expensive old hobby, so if you appreciate my work and fancy showing Wild Women a tangible bit of support, then you can buy me a coffee at coffee.com slash wildwomen. That's K-O-F-I dot com slash wildwomen. You will find the link to that in the show notes and all over the socials. It's embarrassing how much I beg. For a very tiny or huge, you know, because Christmas is coming, one-off contribution, you can bask in the warm glow that comes from helping keep a tiny project going. I've just started a goal drive to cover some of the production costs. So one day, hopefully, the show will start to wash its face. Right, now that unpleasantness is over, let's get to the tea and biscuits. Today's wild swimmer is Lou Jones, a swimbler and occasional serious swimmer who took her love of outdoor swimming and passion for all things green into the world of business. Lou started Sea and Stream, an online shop for swimmers with the focus on sustainability. Lou saves you time and brain space by sourcing the most sustainably made version of all your favourite swim essentials. She also gives 1% of sales to environmental organisations, and I'm going to point out that that's 1% of sales, so the business makes a donation even when it's not making a profit. If you're very quick off the mark, Sea and Stream is doing a Green Friday deal, none of that overconsumption of Black Friday nonsense. They are donating 5% of sales made up until midnight of the 29th of November 2021 to Surfers Against Sewage and the Rivers Trust. Lou and I get into all things sustainability, what we as swimmers need to do to be greener consumers, and what might we wild women be putting on our Santa lists. So I'm called Lou Jones. What kind of swimmer are you? Are you a dipper, a swimbler, a serious swimmer or an athlete? think at the moment it'd be safe to say I'm a swimbler. And how did you get into swimming? Have you been at it for a while? Yeah so I've always really loved swimming outdoors. When I was really little I was lucky enough to live in um, well pretty much in the school grounds where I went and my mum was my PE teacher so <laughs> she taught me to swim and well she tried to I think I probably didn't listen to her. Uh, there was an outdoor pool at the school so I spent most of my summer holidays in that pool. Um, it wasn't heated. And yeah, it was perfect. And presumably not that busy. No, just me, mainly. Uh, and Or maybe some of my neighbours' friends. Um, I and... think every listener to this podcast is going to be hating you a little bit right now. <laughs> 
I was really, really, yeah, it was, it was, it was really, yeah, it was perfect. Um, mm -hmm. I was an only child, so it's probably really handy for my mum as well to have that there. But yeah, we could just walk down and within two minutes we were at a, at a small outdoor pool. So, oh, yeah, wonderful. Lush. Yeah. <laughs> so what about nowadays? Where are you swimming? Um, so now I tend to swim in rivers um, or if the rivers are in state, I swim in um, uh, lakes. I'm landlocked. I live near Bath. So we, yeah, if I can get to the sea, that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's yeah, really nice. Uh, I used to, when I was little as well, swim in the Thames, um, which was also <laughs> in the village I lived in. So super lucky. I just had the choice of a pool or a a river to swim in. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds absolutely idyllic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I took, so I kind of had a bit of a gap from swimming outdoors. I did a bit of surfing and things like that. But a few years ago, I got back into it um, quite seriously. Sort of after some friends suggested doing a, a, a swim challenge, swimming a mile across an estuary, um, and that got me a bit hooked. So after I did the mile thing, I the next year signed up to do the swoosh and the dart 10k, um, <laughs> which was a yeah. So I did and I did it and I was super proud of myself. And then I did the same again the following year. But to be honest, the second year I thought I was going to drown doing the dart 10k. I just didn't have enough time to do the training and it's a massive commitment to train to do that really. And I just couldn't fit in. Um, the time around children and I was um, studying at the time so I had signed up for a challenge this year but it just with everything going on there just hasn't been enough time to do it so I've just really enjoyed swimbling I've kind of friends with quite a lot of people now who swim locally so just um, I've done a few longer swims in the summer but yeah back to kind of swimming shorter distances in the river when I just, can. Just having a relaxed time yeah yeah just heads up breaststroke having a natter um yeah poodling up and down so i'm yearning to go back to kind of the plodding around a lake doing the training um so hoping maybe next year i'll be able to find some time to fit that in fantastic so i understand that your swimming keeps you busy outside of the water as well a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your swimming related business then. Yeah. What is it you're up to? So um, I started Sea and Stream, which is online shop selling ethically sourced, sustainable products and gifts for people who swim, who love swimming outdoors, really. The idea came about when I was swimming with my family um, at a local popular spot and one of my children noticed a slick of sunscreen on the water and asked me what it was. And it just got me to thinking that although we swim outdoors because we love the environment and, and love the nature surrounding us, actually a lot of the things that we wear, whether it's on our skin or the swimwear or a lot of the things we do to do with wild swimming is actually probably not very good for the environment. And I was kind of at a point where I needed to um, kind of have a bit of a change of career to to fit around the children um, and just started having a look around about sort of whether there were many eco-friendly products out there for, for wild swimmers and realised although there were a few, it took absolutely hours to work out what products were available, whether they were really 
um, environmentally friendly or whether it was just greenwashing. Hi, just quickly. Greenwashing is the process of conveying a false impression or providing misleading information about how a company's products are more environmentally sound than they actually are. We will come back to this later on. And I thought there was probably um, a need really for that to save people time trying to find find the products. So, yeah, I just kind of went for it. And yeah, two years ago tomorrow, um, I started it. So. Oh, fantastic. Well, happy birthday. Because... It is incredibly difficult, I have found, to judge sustainability when you're not coming at it from any sense of expertise. Yeah. Because yeah. you very much rely on the producer giving you all the the information and uh, a lot of them don't. Yeah. So how do you go about sourcing those products and judging for yourself which ones meet their mm-hmm. stated targets? Yeah. So I think sort of when I first started, really sort of what I was looking, I didn't have a kind of set framework to to go through, but was looking really at the materials the product was made of. That was what I kind of focused on initially. But sort of more recently, I'm now focusing on where things are manufactured. Are they treating their workers fairly? So it's not just about whether the material it's made from, there's just so much more to consider sort of what region of the world is it made in is there slave labor in that particular part of a country um there's just yeah there's loads and loads of things to consider so at the moment i'm looking really at the company's ethos where they manufacture what materials they use um what packaging they use and yeah it's really tricky to get the answers, even though I'm now, you know, quite a, a good customer for a lot of companies. It's still very, very hard from even some of the bigger companies to get really clear answers as to what it's made from or who's making it is the, the really tricky part. Oh, wow. <laughs> if you yeah. get to spend your career doing that, then no wonder there's no little hope for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it's very difficult to to yeah. assess from for yourself who's doing what and and to what standards and as you say there's yeah. there's more than one standard for sustainability yeah absolutely and i think that's sort of when i started up i thought oh it'll be easy you know there must be something kind of for every product we really really need for swimming there must be one really good ethical sustainable product and i soon realized that you can't tick all of the boxes so, for example, um, uh, toe floats, you've, you know, people like Puffin are doing a brilliant job at recycling, um, um, using recycled materials to manufacture them now. But still, people would rather things made in the UK, but that's just not feasible. So still, I think all toe floats are still made in China, so they have to get shipped over here. So there's, you have to kind of decide what's really important to you. And we kind of set up a values um, chart to let people kind of quickly identify what's important to them. So some customers will say to me, I will only buy things from the United Kingdom so they can just see straight away whether they can. um, uh, It's made in the UK or to other people, they don't really mind that, but they want it to be made of natural materials or they want it to be uh, made with organic cotton. So, yeah, or vegan, you know, there's just so everyone is so different in their thoughts about what sustainability is so yeah 
I'm trying to cover it all. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. And how are you finding it's going? Have you um, you got yourself a sustainable customer base now? Are things yeah. going quite well? Yeah. So it's so I started in the October just before the good old pandemic. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's hard to tell where I would be if that hadn't happened, because obviously it's had a brilliant impact on the number of people wanting to swim outdoors. Um, and I think people are getting more aware of uh, sustainability and also of um, supporting small businesses as well. So I think kind of, you know, the, the, the pandemic kind of probably helped me in a positive way and I could continue my business because I don't have a bricks and mortar store. I don't have a shop on the high street. So I've got some really, really supportive customers now and lovely people on social media who I meet. And um, yeah, it seems to be going from strength to strength and kind of I think, you know, we're just coming up into Christmas. Uh, <laughs> last year was pretty bonkers, obviously, also because people couldn't couldn't see people. So there, there was a lot of people posting um, presents and things out. Um, so I think kind of that will be the decider whether things are, are still going well or not. And hopefully let us move on to some new ideas in the in the following year. Fantastic. So what kind of well, for a start, what kind of products do you think that swimmers really need to reconsider you know the next time if they're if it's time to buy a new bottle of something or a new type of a product what are the top products you think we really need to be thinking about so I kind of often shoot myself self in the foot really I'm probably the world's worst saleswoman uh, for someone who's got a shop but I think also swimmers starting out you don't need everything to start with and I think one of the big obvious ones is changing robes so like <laughs> not you don't need a changing robe to start out with but kind of this week for example one famous very cheap high street store has started selling a changing robe and people are getting quite excited about it but it's really important to think how is that so cheap how on earth has anyone got paid to make that product if it's if it if it is that cheap? So yeah, changing robes are quite a big one to look at. And then really kind of what you have to think about what you're wearing or what you're using when you go into the water. So sunscreen's a real biggie for the summertime. Uh, so make sure you're trying to find a reef safe sunscreen but then that's not so easy because there's a lot of greenwashing around that okay reef safe sunscreen i was halfway through doing a deep dive on this when i found blue's own blog on the topic and it's really comprehensive and deserves much better than my sleepy brain just reading out on a podcast so the link for that is in the show notes swimwear is a tricky one because it's got to be a synthetic fabric but maybe just make sure you're buying swimwear that's going to last, that's fit for purpose. Think about what's going to work for you as well, because one mm -hmm. product that might work for one person might not work for another. If people are having a think about what they're going to buy their swimming pal for their Christmas present or for the Secret mm -hmm. Santa for your swimming group, what kind of products have you got up on the shop right now that you think are a good shout for, for swimmers for Christmas? Uh... So the bit random for a swimmer, isn't it? But obviously everyone who outdoor swim knows that bobble hats are pretty uh, popular. <laughs> so, 
Um, so yeah, I mean, we that's that's one of our biggest sellers, I think, for Christmas bobble hats and hand warmers and hot water bottles. So we source ones that are they're made with um, they're pure wool um, on the outside, but the hats inside are um, lined with fleece. And uh, one of our suppliers makes them with um, fleece made from plastic recycled plastic bottles. You don't need a million bobble hats either, but it, if you're going to buy something nice, then that will be truly appreciated or books books are great yeah books are a really lovely product because they're plastic free <laughs> yeah and people love a good book and there's so many really nice outdoor swimming books out there at the moment quickly this is really just one for me wild swimming books i do not read enough of these so please hit me up with your recommendations on instagram or facebook then i can stick them on my santa list and maybe share them in my stories one of these days well that's good so what do you reckon your kind of top sellers are going to be in the run-up to christmas I think I think it will be the the knit where we sell really nice kind of um, organic cotton towels as well, kind of that that fold down really small, and there we've got some quite nice, quite luxurious ones. So that kind of yeah, those are quite quite a nice seller for us yeah. um, over the Christmas month. Changing robes, which we just sell one one uh, kind of waterproof one at the moment, that does sell pretty well. But it probably won't be as successful for us this year because a lot of um, other companies are selling that particular make now as well we do gift sets as well so i'm just um frantically putting together some nice gift sets so i gift wrap as well um so that's quite handy so people can just send it straight to the recipient and they don't have to sign up kind of get it in the post wrap it up and then send it off so that is an absolute godsend i was having a big rant last christmas about Mm. the the lack of online shops that did that so we do it and we you know it's it's really nicely done in all kind of well we just do kind of brown craft paper with uh paper um ribbons so it's plastic free as well um and yeah we'll write a little gift tag on it and we're trying to set up the website so we can actually put add a greetings card now as well and yeah it can just go straight so it's kind of really good from a sustainability point of view because you're saving road miles that that parcel is traveling as well because it can go straight to the person um it saves saves you time and money really as well so thanks for that that's all right write your christmas list now have you got any hints about how we can be more sustainable consumers Okay, so yeah, I think when you are shopping now, you just have to be really savvy about um, greenwashing, um, which is where companies put eco-credentials on their um, products to sell more, but actually, potentially, it's not, not that helpful or sustainable. I think you need to decide what's important to you as well. So you can't cover all of the bases. Look where the product's made, if they are saying anything about being ethical in their manufacturing. With recycled products now, some of the larger brands are starting to use certified recycled materials. So it's actually making sure that the recycling's done without um, harmful chemicals and also making sure that you know that the products are do contain recycled materials because how do we know really that something's made with recycled plastic? It, we, we wouldn't be able to tell. So yeah, looking for certification is always good. There are several eco-certification stamps to look out for when buying new. Some that guarantee organic status, like the Global Organic Textile Standard or GOTS label. Fair Workers' Pay and Rights, like the Fairware Foundation or the Ethical Trading Initiative. 
There's also the Ecotech label that assures consumer safety from toxic chemicals used in the clothing's production. Further info for all of these can be found in the show notes. You know that though, I wouldn't leave you hanging without further reading. The same with it when it comes to kind of cotton. So manufacturing of cotton can use a lot of chemicals and it can use a lot of water. So trying to aim for sort of organic products like organic cotton is better because it uses less water. It means that the workers aren't um, being subjected to harmful chemicals from even from the growing of the product to the, the manufacturing of it as well. Okay, are you ready for some not at all fun facts that will make you hate your favourite massive sleeping t-shirt? Okay, cool. Grab a banana or something because you are going to need the energy. Let's jump in. Cotton is the most widespread, profitable, non-food crop in the world. Its production provides income for more than 250 million people worldwide and employs almost 7% of all labour in developing countries. Approximately half of your wardrobe will be made of cotton. However, conventionally grown cotton is often referred to as the dirtiest crop on earth. It consumes 16% of the world's insecticides and requires $2 billion in pesticides every year. The use of these non-organic inputs affects biodiversity, soil health, water and air quality and can be very harmful to the health of those people working with the crops as they often can't afford the protective clothing and equipment necessary for working with such chemicals. As well as all that, the global consumption of non-organic cotton releases about 220 million tonnes of greenhouse gases a year, which means that one tonne of conventional cotton fibre produces 1.8 tonnes of CO2. I really hope you're taking notes, there will be a test after this. Organically farmed cotton is grown without using toxic pesticides and synthetic fertilisers, other than those allowed under organic accreditation. Organic farming also encourages companion planting and crop rotation, which is a gentler approach allowing for greater biodiversity and support of soil health. Healthy soils are much more able to retain water, and so water consumption is reduced by about 91% compared to conventional farming methods. Want an illustration? Why not? I spent ages doing this. One standard non-organic cotton t-shirt uses 2,700 litres of water in its production. This is roughly the same as you would use if you ran 27 baths, had a four and a half hour shower or filled 14 whiskey barrels. In comparison, an organic t-shirt only uses 243 litres of water, which is 2.5 baths, 24 minutes in the shower or 1.2 whiskey barrels. Anywho, where were we? Also, organic cotton cannot use genetically modified varieties, which helps to protect farmers as they are able to save their seeds from one crop to the next, rather than having to buy new every year. There are arguments against the organic approach as the yields are significantly lower than conventionally farmed crops, which can make direct comparisons challenging. And like every step in the path to sustainability, there are nuances and many other factors to consider. But I can't get into those here. I'm supposed to be talking about swimming. My sources for this super fun fact ride are in the show notes, as always. And I'm going to leave you with one last fun fact, mostly for my mother. And that is that by drying my clothes outside on the line and not bothering to iron, I am reducing my clothes' carbon footprint by one third. I've never felt better about not owning an iron. An obvious one to sort of aim for is trying to avoid plastic as much as possible at the moment, or at least look at whether you're buying things that are recyclable in the future. Um, so whether it's got plastic-free packaging or whether you can recycle the paper or the cardboard that is packaging it afterwards that's another good thing to look at too fantastic mm. and once you have a product use it to death <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> yeah so buy always buy well to start with rather than just going oh that is so cheap i'm just going to get it and that's not me as a shopkeeper going yeah come and buy my products because they cost a lot because they cost a lot because they're good they're good quality or they cost the right amount because they're good quality and they've been made ethically and they've been made with really good materials and they've had a lot of work going into the design of them as well so that is why sustainable products tend to cost more at the moment they're usually made on a smaller scale as well by smaller businesses at times so all of those things do cost but it means you'll have a product that you'll really really love that really really works that will last for a really 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 good long time what other ideas have you come up with that make our swims just that little bit more sustainable what we try and do is uh if there's not a solution out there we try and come up with one so we do a swim hat and goggle recycle scheme um because hats and goggles they're not very biodegradable or sustainable really at the moment um so we collect hats and goggles and we reward people with a discount to the shop there's a issue with kind of plastic uh, microfiber pollution um, from anything synthetic that we're wearing so um, a little bit earlier on we were offering a reduced um, microfiber filter laundry bag a guppy friend with every purchase of like swimwear or or changing robes um, there's stock issues at the moment so we can't do that but you know that's the kind of solutions we look for and then further down the line where kind of sustainable companies will be going is looking at a more circular route so when the product reaches the end of life or when someone no longer wants it, what do you do with it? And it, does it go, you want to prevent it going into landfill. So we're kind of having a little look at that and thinking about ways we can work on that in the future as well. It sounds like you've got your work cut out. Yeah, it's, it's quite time consuming. <laughs> I don't get to swim much at all. I kind of thought, oh yeah, I'll just be poodling around, you know, photographing products and um, yeah, having a lot of swims, but yeah, it's pretty full on just at the moment. <laughs> That's good. Though. Yeah, it, it is good. I enjoy it. So. <laughs> yeah. You enjoy working for yourself? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I yeah, I do enjoy it. Um, I think, yeah, I probably will have to branch out and start uh, having people help me out probably next year, I would imagine. I'm in control, so. <laughs> Sounds ideal. Thank you very much, Lou. I've uh, I've really enjoyed chatting to you and thanks for giving us a bit of your time. Thank you so much again for your time, Lou. You can follow Lou on Instagram at swim, sea and stream and you can find her website seaandstream.co.uk. You will find, as I've said, I think many times, the links to everything that we have talked about in the show notes. Remember to share, review and subscribe to Wild Women. Reviews, subscriptions and downloads help to boost the show up the podcast charts, which helps others to find the show. So if you have a minute, please write a wee review and then I will be eternally grateful. You can follow Wild Women Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Feel free to share your stories and swim pictures with me on the hashtag Wild Women. Thanks as always to Mary St Mary of the Housecoat Project for allowing me to use the theme music. Links to their work can also be found in the show notes. Until next time, enjoy the water. It's getting chilly.